0: So today I'm going to talk a little bit about something called integrity and character. Integrity and character. Everyone put your little learning hats on, your little intellect hats. I don't want you to really catch this with intellectualism. I want you to catch this with your spirit. Okay. So in in the book of Job, well, those of you that are new to the kingdom, Job, um, chapter 2, verse 1. Again, so that's Job chapter 2, verse 1. And I'm going to read through to verse 3. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. So th- that actually is God's throne. And there's angels coming before the throne of God to present themselves and give reports. Because it talks about angels coming to and from the throne presenting themselves. Okay, So it says, the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. Which to me is always really taken me back when you think about that because he was kicked out of heaven now he's here before the throne having to give report of himself and the lord said to satan from where have you come and satan answered the lord from going to and fro on the earth now by the way this is verse this is chapter two in in chapter one he presented himself uh and then they had a discussion about job okay and and so satan answered himself from going to and fro on the earth does anyone sound does does that sound familiar to anyone Satan goes to and fro on the earth, seeking whom he may devour like a lion, and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless man and an upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. And still he holds fast to his integrity Although you incited me against him to destroy him without cause, now just to back up, God didn't destroy Satan. God didn't destroy Job, but He actually released Satan to be able to try and afflict him, knowing that He would have God had confidence in Job that he was upright and that he had integrity, that he was a righteous man. So I just want to point out here that God started this fight. God did, he started this fight because Satan comes in chapter one Satan comes to God and God actually brings Job up Satan didn't bring Job up God brings Job up he says have you considered my servant Job how he was blameless and upright and is an integral man, he's a righteous man and Satan says to God oh well he's only good and upright because you give him blessings and you've, you've given him all these awesome things and God says no That's who he is and I'm confident in him. Come on. And then Satan says to God, well, if you take all these things away from him, well then he'll curse you and you'll see who Job really is. He's mine. And God says, no, you don't understand, he's mine. I have confidence and I have trust in his integrity and in his righteousness, okay? In his uprightness, sorry. And so Satan comes and he starts to afflict Job. But I want to open this message today by talking about, this here is one of the very few times recorded in scripture where we get a sneak peek into the throne room of heaven. Hello? I want you to let that sink in for a second. This is a sneak peek. God is sitting there totally confident in in his, his son, Job, his servant. And he's even letting the devil try and shake him. And we know the whole story that he couldn't be shaken. We know that in the book of James, I believe it's chapter five, that the Bible says that the end of Job's life, because he lost his livestock, he lost his children, he lost his business. He just, he he ended up with boils and sickness and his own friends who were supposed to be in his corner championing him saying, dude, just curse God and die. This is too much. Okay. it just, his whole life sucked. There just wasn't anything. I mean, it's like, hey, awesome. How many boils today? Oh, cool. We just crossed the 100 mark. Just isn't cool, right? And yet here is a man that went through just absolute agony and pain and darkness and loss. And God has confidence in his integrity. But in the book of James chapter 5, it actually says that the end of Job's life was twice as blessed than at the beginning as intended by God. So so I want you to understand this, is that although it looks like God let Satan beat up Job, God used Satan to refine Job so that God could increase Job. Someone get something right there? It looks like everything was lost. It looked like everything got stripped away, but actually God was looking to increase who Job was. It says, and the end of Job's life was twice as blessed than at the beginning as intended. That word intended is the same word as designed by God. See, even when the devil has thrown his strongest punch at you, God's getting ready to use it for your benefit. (laughs) Come on, somebody. God works all things together for good to those that love God and who are called according to his purpose. So even when it looks like hell has fired its greatest weapons at you and things are looking like they're hanging a little bit open and things are a little damaged, God's getting ready to turn everything around. But here's the key, here's the key. Job did something really well. He kept his mouth closed and didn't curse God. He held his integrity, because if he had of broken integrity, God wouldn't have been able to have confidence in him. Hello. So when we're in a process, the pressure is looking to break us. And if we actually break, we are agreeing with lack of integrity. And I shared with the guys on, on Thursday that I have a background. I actually did two apprenticeships when I left school. The first one I did was construction, and I passed with flying colours. I I did a a, a full apprenticeship building houses and commercial buildings, um, and I was fully qualified as that and became a project manager. But then I also went and did a boat and ship building apprenticeship. And my father had a boat building uh, company. We built sailing sailing yachts, big, large sailing catamarans. And... um, The one thing I learned, there's this word called displacement in a boat. If you know anything about boats, you'll understand the word displacement. Um, I believe it's also akin to rocket science. And so what happens is displacement is where you have the volume, if you could imagine the cross section of a hull in a boat or a ship, has a certain uh, um, force in it because it's holding air. Okay, and that boat has a certain weight and it sits into the water and it dictates where the water line is. Right? But there's something actually, because obviously you don't want to create a boat that's so heavy that it sits below the surface. Okay, just go ask the people on the Titanic, it's not a good situation. Okay, but if that hull has a crack or a break in it, the very thing that that water is sitting on being displaced in is actually gonna get inside it and cause it not to be displaced, it's gonna cause it to sink. So when a hull is tight and not have holes, it's called a hull that has integrity. People say, well, I'm gonna go look at the integrity of the hull. If you wanna go buy a new yacht or a sailing boat, you're gonna say, well, I need to have the integrity of the hull inspected. And you'll go down to Newport somewhere and you'll have an inspector and they'll look at the boat and they will examine the boat and they'll do tests on it to make sure that what's outside will not get inside. Because if that boat doesn't have integrity, it's going to let everyone down that's in the boat. Quite literally. That was not intended to be corny but cheesy, but we got there. Okay, so, so, so integrity is the assurance that keeps your boat stable and secure in your life. It causes all of the environment outside of you not to get on the inside of you. See, the Bible says this, that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. The world shouldn't be in us. When Jesus was going to the cross, he said, Father, the devil has nothing on the inside of me. You see, Jesus had perfect integrity. He was in the world, but the world had not got into him. And it's what of, the, what of the world that gets inside of us that causes us to lose integrity. Right. When we start to agree with compromise, compromise is another word of saying, lack of integrity. Yep. When you have integrity, that stuff's not getting in. But the more we compromise and rationalize and talk ourselves into things, well, I had to do that because of this. I had to make that thing at work. I had to laugh at those jokes at work because of this. Right. I told a story that um, I, go to a, um, I go to a barber, it's a nice barber shop, one of those like, hipster ones, and um, the guy that cuts my hair is um, a professing Christian, right, nice guy and everything, but at, when I'm sitting there, him and all the other guys are telling jokes that are, are not cool, okay? They've, they've got to a place where they have lowered their standards and they are saying jokes that are compromising. Now here's the thing, while some of them might even come across funny, if I even snigger at one of those jokes, I lose integrity. Hello. So I don't get to laugh at that stuff, I don't want to laugh at that stuff because I don't want that degradation getting inside because it would cause me to compromise. So I sit there and go very quiet if they want to talk like that. Hello. Because every little detail matters in integrity. Because some of the things that we forget sometimes is we read a story like this, Job, and we see Satan coming before the throne of God. He is the accuser of the brethren, right? So that's not the accuser past tense, that's the accuser present tense. So that means that this same story is happening now. So that means that Every day, the angels and the, and the sons of God are coming before the throne of God, and with them is coming the devil, and the devil saying that Andrew Billings, "I don't like him, and God's saying, "Have you considered his integrity?" Did you see how he didn't laugh there at that joke. Did you see that? That's my son. He has integrity." You see, and I'm not here to say I'm a perfect person because I know none of us are in this room, myself included. But I am here to say this, is that actually integrity matters. Yes, it and it matters to God because there is constantly an accusation coming against us by the opposing counsel. Hello. And I want God who sees my every deed and knows my every thought to look at me And have confidence in me. I want to have him next time devil shows up in his world, comes before his throne to give an answer of himself. I want God to say, have you seen Andrew? Andrew Billings? Yeah, he's upright. He's righteous. He upholds his integrity. He's not for sale. He's not for compromise. Come on. on. See, I want my father to have that confidence in his son. How about you? See, integrity matters. Integrity matters. Okay, so I just wanted us to see that as as, the, as a beginning point of my message to really understand what that looks like. Because in today's world, people compromise to get places. Yeah, people tell little lies. And you tell the little lie over and over again until that little lie has become a reality in your mind and now you can't remember what actually was right and wrong, what was true and what was false. And in, and lack of integrity, compromise has got inside of us and now we're all skewed and we're thinking all funny. But God wants us to be clear about who we are and who he is. He wants us to be clear about what pleases him and what doesn't please him, amen? So so let's talk a little bit about integrity. and. You know, I'll say this as well. You know, the world, the unsaved sons and daughters of God out there, because that's what they are. They're not just lost. They're unsaved, pre-believers, unsaved sons and daughters of God that are currently, Jesus said this, you don't know what spirit you're of. Your father is the devil. They need to have their father being our father. That's just the plain truth. Those people deserve much better from us, who say that we know God. Hello. They deserve better from us. So, so let's look at this for a second. Let's look at a couple of things I've written down here around integrity. Punctuality. Well, I'm a Christian. Well, how come you're 30 minutes late every time you show up anywhere? Hello? integrity and keeping your word reveals how trustworthy you are. Well, if you make a promise, the Bible says this, if you make a promise, you make that promise to your own hurt. See, this is the part in Orange County where we kind of squirm on a little bit because it's like, well, the situation's changed now. Yeah, but you don't, you've quickly forgotten that you've been made in the image of God and God used his words to create the whole known and unknown universe. Words matter to God. God records every word that we say. You know that? It says that every word we will ever speak will be held in account, and it's recorded. That's what the Bible says. So when this kind of stuff happens, when we we kind of make a promise, and then we rework it and say, yeah, well, but, or no, I never said that, but, we're breaking integrity. Right. And the word trustworthy comes from how worthy, you, you see how it's meaning by turning it around. How worthy of someone's trust am I? Yeah. And the reality is, is a lot of us, even listening to this now, are not sure about that because we don't even trust ourselves. And then when we don't trust ourselves, we know that other people shouldn't trust us. So we just say, well, that's where I am. Oh, well, that's my truth, living my best life now. No, you're not living your best life now. God calls you higher. That's why God said, be holy as I am holy. What he's saying is you need to be like me. doesn't mean you need to be perfect. Holiness is not perfect. Holiness is wanting to move towards his nature. That's what holiness is. So it's not this like, oh, I need to get out of whip. I just did something wrong and beat myself up. No. It's moving towards his character. And his character has never broken his word. Not even once. Hello? <laughs> See, I've said this before, but if, do you understand how how potent God's word is? God God, if he broke one promise or one statement that he'd made, he would no longer be God. Which is a very, very potent statement itself. Because, you know, the very word of God is holy and it will never end. Okay, that's the stuff written in the book and everything he said in between. Okay. So integrity, let's look at integrity. Integrity uses wisdom and discretion. See, knowing the right thing to say and knowing when to say it are two different things. You can know what to say, but if you say it at the wrong time, you can destroy a situation. You can damage a relationship. And some of those damages we can never get back. I remember when I was a little boy, I would shoot my mouth off so quick. I would say stuff that was, I mean, like, just to give you a picture, I was like, I think I was three or four years old and I'm in New Zealand, um, which is a very anti-God nation. And I would be in the grocery cart sitting in the little seat and I'd be like coming down the aisle with my mom pushing me like, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And we weren't even that type of church. We were a very quiet church. No one even raised their hands. And I'm just like letting it rip. I guess it was like a little. <laughs> and my mum was like, shh, shh, quick, chuck some candy in his mouth or something. Do, do something. Okay. And, but but that rolled over into the fact that when I was young and in my teens, I, I think it was even, I, it was around the age of like somewhere between seven and eight. I, you know, I'd get excited. And when I was excited, I'd say more than I should. Right? And you start saying silly stuff. You remember being like that when you were a kid? Yeah, I was like that. And one day my dad took me into the bathroom and he grabbed a brand new toothpaste tube. Right? And I was like, what's about to happen here? Did I say something wrong? You about to clean my mouth out? Like, what's happening? Right? And he gets this toothpaste tube and he gets this little piece of clear plastic and he says, squeeze the whole toothpaste out. And I, so I squeezed the whole tube of toothpaste out. And it's sitting on the, it's just sitting there like, it looks like, you know, one of those frosty whip things, you know, just everywhere. It was like, I probably could have sold it for art or something. It was amazing. And then he said something to me. He gave me this little knife and he said, put it all back in the tube. And so I started trying to like squeeze it in and I got to realize pretty quickly, that this ain't going back in. It's done. (laughs) Right? And I, after about a 30-second struggle, I looked at him, and I'm like, it's not working. And he said, the same is true with your mouth. Once something comes out of your mouth, you can never take it back. Even if you say sorry, people know what you said, and they never forget it. And, and integrity is having the wisdom, but also the discretion See, discretion, the Bible says in Proverbs, discretion will guard you and keep you all the days of your life. If you blurt something out and it wasn't the right time to say it, or if you blurt something out and that certain statement under pressure should have never been said, it can damage things in your life. And it can damage and hurt other people. And when that stuff happens, doors close. Hello? Because integrity matters. Okay. Here's another great point around integrity. Being quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to listen and slow to speak. Integrity doesn't just... That's everything I think. It listens. You see? The Bible says in the multitude of words, sin is not absent. Hello? Hello? See, I really believe that as as sons and daughters of God, you know, everyone in this room, we're at different places in our walk with God, but this is the one thing I know God wants us to look like His culture. That's what I know. And God's culture looks like integrity. It looks like integrity. Okay, real quick. Integrity, here's another one. See, when I came back to Jesus in my early 20s, I came back to Jesus as a bouncer in in a very popular, high end. Who's Who Club in New Zealand. And I would consistently watch people drinking. And you know what? I watched very normal people walk in the front door. Just very, very normal people walking in the front door, just e- everyday people. But by the time they left, they had changed into different beings. Some of them I had to carry out. Hello? I'm talking BC now. Calm down. <laughs> he's talking about clubs and drinking. That's right, I am, B.C. (laughs) Okay, see, because alcohol is a foreign substance that undermines the integrity of your faculties and causes you to do things that you would never have previously done. See, if I let any substance into my life that causes me to have an undermine of integrity, I lose respect of those around me. The amount of stories that I would hear and the amount of stories of those of us that have been on that side of the world where, oh my gosh, did I really say that? Did I really do that? Yeah, you did. And we all think you're an idiot, <laughs> right? Hello, it's just, it's real. It's very real because it falsely represents who you truly want to be. And so that's why we have to be so, in, so careful to guard and preserve the integrity of our lives. Because you can have a respectful life for years and it only takes one act, one moment, or one conversation, even one statement to ruin all the respect that those people had for you. Hello. So integrity actually matters. Look, here's the deal. If you're living in compromise and you think that witnessing to your friends and telling them who Jesus is in your workplace is going to change the world, you're actually doing God a disservice Because your life is telling a different story than your mouth. See, when someone doesn't talk a whole bunch, but they live a life of integrity, and when they do speak, everybody listens. Hello? If you've got some secret sin stashed away, but you're living in public like, man, I'm just doing awesome, and praise God, let's go, yeah. No. Be sure your sins will find you out because you've got a hole in your boat. Come on. Yeah. Hello. And it's gonna break who you are and it can destroy everything that you loved. Right. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. See, see, this stuff matters. I love, like, we're gonna have a fire tunnel in a bit. Yay. It's a completely different direction. But here's the deal. If all you do is shake but you can't tell the truth. Yeah. Come on. Come on. If you can't be honest and tell someone the honest truth from your heart at the right time in the right place, you're broken. And you need Jesus more than you thought. Thank you, Jesus. There's a lot of Jesus going to go around. Okay? So this isn't to make anyone feel condemned or beat up. This is actually to make people really just examine, like, am I truly representing what kingdom integrity looks like? Or am I just living the motions going from one shake to the next? Right? I'm not talking about rubies or Krispy creams. Okay, I'm talking about, you know, like, if all you, you want to do is go from one quote-unquote encounter to the next, but you, but you say that the, that the Jesus you meet in that encounter doesn't address, the, doesn't address the integrity of your heart, then you're worshiping a different Jesus. Because my Jesus is a jealous Jesus. He's coming after the strongholds of my heart. Is this, is this helping someone today? Okay, real quickly. I'm, I'm going to land here in two seconds. Psalms chapter 25, 25 and verse 21. Psalms 25 verse 20, 21. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. for you, For I wait for you, God. Let integrity and uprightness preserve me. See, we actually need to go after this like we've never gone after this stuff before. There's certain things that low level that we've tolerated. You know, I don't know who preached this, but it was probably someone from the other side of the camp. There's no such thing as white lies. Hello? There's no such thing as half truth. It's either black or white, right or wrong, truth or lie. Just There's no gray... There's no like, oh, that's a little white lie. It's good. No, no, that's an evil lie. Any any lie on any level of dilution is wrong. Hello? Okay. Okay. Proverbs chapter 10 now, verse 9. He who walks with integrity walks securely. Do you want to have a secure life? Make sure that integrity is the most valuable thing to you. If someone asks you to do something and it breaks integrity no is the correct answer right. right but he who perverts his ways will become known you can't have your little secret sin and think that somehow everything's going to work out thinking that you know i used to i used to know a guy a long time ago and this guy he was one of the ushers in the church one of the main ushers in the church but he had the, and everyone thought this guy was such a goody two shoes Everyone thought that he was just the perfect, awesome, just he's got a business, he does really well, he makes money, he's a nice guy, he's Mr. Nice Guy, he's always smiling and hugging people, but he had this massive secret, had this massive perverted secret that no one knew about. It was a, the the ch- person that walked into church was, was Jekyll, mm-hmm. and this person over here was Mr. Hyde. You guys know the story? See, thinking that you can have compartmentalized integrity, well, I'm integral over here, but over here I know that this is my little fix. This is how I deal with the stress of my life. This is how I deal with my problems. This is how I deal with da-da-da-da. Oh, this is how I've always been. Or I don't know how to to do anything different because I've always had these feelings and thoughts. Okay? That's called insanity. Because you believe that you can have an appearance of integrity but have an indulgence of perversion, you're a hypocrite. And hypocrites were the only people that Jesus got upset with. Hello? The only people that Jesus got upset with were hypocrites. So we actually need to come to a place where it's like, okay, there's a line, which side am I on? And I need to go radical on some stuff. And if there's stuff in my life that's beating me up, I need to cast that stuff out. That that has no business being in my life because if it's an offense to Jesus, I need to kill it at the cross no matter what it costs me, no matter how much pain, how much embarrassment, I need to get it out and I need to come to a place where it's like I'm walking in light. Yes. See, the Bible says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we'll have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus will come and wash us from all yes. um, sin and unclean, uncleanliness. Yes. Right? So, so that's, that, the operative word there is if. Yes. Having part time in the light and part time in the darkness, that's called being lukewarm. And you get spat out. That's the end of that story. Right. You don't get to be a part of the family. You either go all in or all out. The Bible says this, if we love the world or anything in the world, the love of the Father is not in us. That's a strong statement. Well, I go to church. Yeah, but you love the world. Sin and compromise and perversion. I have something in me that really just has an appetite for that. Yeah, you need to kill it. Hello. Hello. I believe dwelling place, God's calling us higher this year. You want a move of God? Let's, let's kill stuff that's been holding us back. And, and someone needs to stand up and say it. I know this might make me unpopular to someone, but I don't really care. I'd rather be convicted of telling you the truth than condemned for telling you lies. Okay? Yay, God. Yay, God. Praise God. Okay, uh, <laughs> Let's go, last scripture, last scripture, and then I'm going to transition this, okay? Uh, Titus chapter two and verse six. Now this talks about to the young, young men, but I'm also going to use it for young men and young women. Really, that's all of us because we're all young at heart. So this is to everyone. Likewise, exhort the young men to be sober-minded in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. That doesn't just say in some environments around some people, it says in all things, Okay. In doctrine, showing integrity. Now, real doctrine is not what you know in your head. Real doctrine is how you live your life. Come on, somebody. Real doctrine is not you parroting the right answers. Real doctrine is how it's changed you and how you're now living your life. Okay. So, in doctrine showing integrity, watch this, reverence, incorruptibility. See, the devil is constantly trying to tarnish our purity with corruption. And to get corruption, you need little compromise. Because he never comes and smashes the whole wall down. He starts with this grain of sand. And then he moves up to some pebbles. And then he takes a rock out. Now he's got a hole in the wall. And now he's trying to get all the other rocks out around it until you say, well, you know what's just too hard. But it all started with the fact that you are prepared to give up a grain of sand. So we have to have a no, without becoming religious and legalistic, we have to have a no compromise policy around compromise. Okay, I'm going to land in a couple of minutes. This is another miracle. Like, we're going to, this is a miracle, guys. So incorruptibility, sound speech that cannot be condemned. Now, that's an interesting one, isn't it? The tongue is the most destructive of all your members. Set, set on fire by hell itself, who can tame the tongue, right? But, but actually, you can be like David who says, God set a guard at my mouth that I may not sin against you. If I, go to, if I go to fly my mouth and just empty that whole tube of toothpaste, God, stop me, please. Holy Spirit, I need you to partner with me to give me a little kick in the butt if I start getting ready to fire off my little cannon just let the world have it. Hello, we need that sometimes. So making sure that our speech cannot be condemned. That one who is an opponent may be ashamed, having nothing evil to say of you. Who, who wants to say something evil of you? The devil. the devil. The devil wants to say, ah, but God, look what they said yesterday, and they're not sorry. Uh, uh, look, God, I understand that you're proud of them, but look what they're hiding in their basement. Look what they're doing in their bedroom when they lock the door and turn the lights out. Hello? Look what they're looking at on their browser. Look who they're associating with secretly and and breaking uh, the, the, the purity of their heart, the conscience of their heart. Hello? See, so integrity matters. And the world needs to see integrity come from each one of us. So that when they see us, like for instance, for me now, this might be different for other pastors, but let me just tell you about me and my wife. For me and my wife, we just decided as far as our church goes, that I'm not gonna go out and meet with, with girls from the church and counsel them, one-on-one. Because while some other people might be better at that than I am, I'm not stupid enough to believe that that's me. And I'm not stupid enough to have my wife out counseling men. So our integrity agreement is I'm gonna counsel men and you're gonna counsel women, okay? And if there needs to be men and women in the same room, my wife and I can sit on the couch and we can counsel people. Hello, is this okay? She said, that's an integrity covenant. If I travel, I travel with someone or unless I'm going somewhere where I know that I'm gonna be around people and that there's a safe environment there. Not because I'm like, oh, he's really weak, he must be really broken. No, no. I just don't trust the devil. And if I wanna be really honest, I don't trust myself either. Do you trust yourself all the time? I hope not. Looking at some of you, man, I really, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. kidding. It's It's not that it necessarily is a weakness, but it's just that the Bible says, do not even give any place to the devil. I don't want to give him an opportunity. Hello. So it's just an integrity covenant. There's just certain things that I will not do because it, it, it's not that it's necessary. Oh, well, it's been a real problem in the past. No, for me, it hasn't. But I don't want it to become one. Yeah, yeah, so good. Hello. So integrity looks like me defending what the, the hull of my ship so no little cracks can get in. Yeah. And little cracks don't come on your good days. Yeah, little cracks come on the days that you're discouraged and depressed and despaired and hungry and a little, you know, a little thirsty. Yeah. Come on, come on, Hello. Hello. Someone listen to me today? When you're, when you're feeling like, well, it's just been really hard life and you start, the devil sits down on your couch and says, well, can we talk? And you say, yes, let's have a chat. Let's look at all the bad things that have happened to you. Let's look at all the sadness and tragedy. And before you know it, you're totally, yeah, and I'm not married and all these things are, and all these terrible things have happened to me or I am married and the marriage is difficult. And, all, and what happens is, is all of a sudden, instead of counting your blessings, you're counting your curses and all of a sudden you're starting to agree with darkness and while you're agreeing with darkness you're beginning well you know what maybe I am just going to go make a compromise right now I feel good about compromising right now let's go break some integrity and hooks go into people amen Is is someone getting something today so we need to fight this we need to say God put Put a a conscience on the inside of me, even if it feels like I lost my conscience a while ago, put a conscience on the inside of me and cause me to have the fear of God, like we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, where I actually hold integrity. Because I want to be a son, I want to be a daughter that you are proud of God, that you can count on, that you can look at with confidence. Well, when a job comes up, you can say, well, I can't depend on many people, but you know what? I can depend on that person. I can depend on that person. I can depend on that person. See, God's not looking at how anointed you are, He's looking at how much character you've got. And, and if you really want to understand that, go look at a cup. If you've got a drink that is like incredibly expensive, you can get some wines that are like tens of thousands of dollars a bottle, right? And that means that like one glass could be four, you know, four or five thousand dollars, maybe let's say three, four thousand dollars for, for a glass of wine, which is insane, right? If you're going to have that glass of wine that's 3000 to $4,000 and sip it over, I don't know, in an hour or whatever you do, you're not going to go find the glass that has the chips and the cracks, are you? You're going to pick up the glass and you're going to look at it and make sure that there's no fissures or cracks in it. Because otherwise you will pour that, that, that wine into that cup and it's going to spill all over the ground and it was good for nothing. So God is looking for vessels of honor that have integrity. Amen? Let's just stand to our feet. We're going to pray, and then we're going to just transition into a, uh, into a fire tunnel and get everyone blasted, which is great, because actually, sometimes after a message like this, you need a little bit of fire to brand that seer in, hey? <laughs> Father, we thank you that you're calling us towards integrity. We thank you, God, that you have standards and that you have principles, God. You have morals. And I ask, God, that you would give each of us the courage to live boldly and integrously, In Jesus' name, I pray that the conviction that's going into our heart, God, right now, that you would actually be addressing things, God. We wouldn't be brushing things off and thinking about where we're going for lunch. You wouldn't be trying to, we wouldn't be trying to move on to the next thing in our mind and just move forward, God. But we actually would be, are sober enough to let your, let your scalpel come in and just remove the parts in our lives that are compromised, that are broken, and that are moving towards uh, areas where, where, where integrity could be broken, God. And even in the areas that it has been, I pray that you would come, that you would heal us, that you would help restore us, God, and that you would cause us to actually walk in integrity like we've never known before. And we know that, Holy Spirit, we can't do that out of willpower, We need to do that out of your strength and your assistance, God. So we ask that this would be a place known for integrity. That when we give our word, our word is going to be followed through, even if it causes us inconvenience, even if it causes us pain, even shame, God, that we would walk in integrity no matter what it costs us, God, that you would be able to count on us as ones that have integrity, that we would keep our words, that we wouldn't have little dirty secrets in the corners. We wouldn't have things in our lives that are compromised. That Holy Spirit, that you would convict us to walk with purity and holiness in Jesus' name. We love you, God. Amen.